Welcome, listener, to the Symbiosis Now podcast. This episode is marked number 49, where I have two guests to share some good old-fashioned conversation, keeping it open-end, keeping it tangential, keeping it symbiotic, because we all, whether we know each other or not, need each other more than we realize. We have two guests on the Symbiosis Now podcast for you today. Allison Colombero, my beautiful wife, artist, lover, chef, teacher, badass. And also we have Danny Evans, a geneticist. She's a badass. She's an artist. The show today consists of two beautiful artist women, very intelligent, here to have a great conversation, to inspire conversation out there. Times have gotten weird. We need to remember how to talk to each other, guys. Hope you enjoy this episode of the Symbiosis Now pod. of like putting an ensemble together or playing guitar or being a con artist is still an art. You can see it's just again completely flaccid. All right? Just like your uh, one-time sweet old grandpa who got radicalized by Fox News. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. around covid have just been like a poor beaten horse that's just been like mutilated it is the one thing we've talked about frequently and repeatedly over and over and over again because it's just like it's a really big part of our lives right now like it's a huge thing that's influencing our new like adjusted behavior you know what i mean yeah we and live like in a covid world now yeah on a mass like world level too not just like our state or just like the country it's or this continent, it's worldwide in a yeah. way too. Like that's yeah. the most unfathomable part to this point still. That everyone's still kind of locked away, covering their faces, worried, like another level of fear on a daily basis where it's like, not only could we maybe get nuked, not only could I get hit in my car, not only could I drink some poisonous substance because it went bad on the shelf, I don't fucking know. But I could also every single one in the store could kill me and I could get the virus. Yeah, like, it's like know? one more thing that but it's like something that seems benign to healthy people because it's like a lot of people have come out of this okay but a lot of people don't and so there's always that risk because there's no real rhyme or reason to the severity of getting this virus and so people are just overwhelmed with fear sometimes because they're like I don't know how it's going to end up like I could be fine but everyone's tripping even though like the likelihood of you getting into a car accident is just as likely if not more likely right more likely i think probably but yeah i don't know like the odds are crazy i don't know the fucking odds we don't need to get into statistics yeah no i don't know anything about the statistics but people are getting the vaccine now yeah which is super exciting i got my first dose yeah last nice. friday and my arm was so sore like, really yeah I, it was weird maybe it's just because i'm a noodle because I hate getting shots. Yeah, yeah, me too. I feel like, like, on accident. Like, I can't relax, like, in that moment. It's like, ah, I know they're putting something in me, and my mm-hmm. body just won't let me. It's sad, but that's me. <laughs> yeah, I've never been, like, really um, weird about needles, but when I got my tattoo, I actually had, like, this really weird, like, nerve sensation where my foot would just, like, bling itself involuntarily, <gasps> oh, and it, like, no. didn't hurt. But it was, like, this weird... Feeling, you know, like when you get like shivers or whatever, it was like that every time she was tattooing my arm. And I was like, why the fuck can I not control my leg? It's like, it just wants you to do it. It's like, it has a mind of its own while I'm getting tattooed. That is so it was weird. Just wild. That is wild. We still have not gotten any tattoos, Tyler or myself. Yeah, I'm, really? I'm tattooless. I, I've been thinking about gonna, it a lot, though. Yeah. Just yeah. got like little baby ones. Yeah, that's what I want, though. That's actually what I want to do. Like, But it's so cheesy, but I just want to get, like, little baby ones in certain places because I feel like that's kind of my style anyway. It's, like, more minimal, not, like, all. Yeah. I need my whole fucking arms done by the end of this year type of motherfucker, yeah. you know? Shoot. Like, I don't know how people Sweeties. pay for that, though, but I guess, like, they, you know, 
They got that little extra money. I mean, treat yourself, you know. Exactly. Dude, my dad wanted to get, like, a full-blown oak tree on his back for his first tattoo. I'm like, do you want to die? (laughs) Why did he want the oak tree, though? That's meaningful to him, I don't know. He's always been, like, super into trees. Like, anytime we've ever done anything artistic together, it was always like, let's see how this new tool works. And we both end up drawing trees. It's always, like, the first thing that I'm like, okay, I'm going to test this out. Time to draw a tree. And That's so cool. Yeah, but it's, like, you can really experiment with, like, the textures, how leaves look, the different lines in the trunk or whatever. And so it's, like, a nice little standard to try something different because yeah. it's just, like, you have all these different things a part of a tree. So, I don't know. Some people draw houses, circles, whatever, but trees so he likes trees <laughs> but why an oak tree like it must mean know. something to him like if he's yeah. gonna get a big old oak tree on his back but he know? always talked about the tree and i'm like what's with you and this he's like i just like it and i'm like all right, all right. that's what you're into yeah yeah so that's what people ask me about my bear they're like why'd you get a bear tattoo i'd be like well i mean i just really like bears <laughs> i think they're badass so that's what i wanted yeah, like I thought about like if I were to get like a sleeve type thing, I wanted it to come up my leg instead of my arm. Mm. Like, but it'd be like a garlic stock, like so the bulb of the garlic would be like, <laughs> on my foot and around my like ankle and like by my heel kind of, and then the the stalks oh. itself, like the green, would go up around my calf and oh. stuff. It'd be a probably a gnarly tattoo. Probably take a long take a long time. I'm a little sissy, so I'd probably be all like grabbing Allison's hand and being like, "Tell yeah. me I'm gonna be okay." Nah, oh, I don't know about that far, but <laughs> yeah, like because it's on your ankle, on your Achilles. I don't know. Oh, yeah. right I just think that'd be so gnarly. sick. I heard the story. It's like a folklore kind of thing a long time ago. It was really impactful to me because I always liked eating raw garlic. And then I learned like one of these old mythological like folklore type legends was that when Satan came onto the earth where he stepped everywhere his footsteps landed, garlic sprang up from his left and, and onions sprang up from his right. But it was because they're cure-alls to like basically like be against the bad energies and also Also, it's deeper than that right because it's not just we're talking like energies we're talking like nutritional wise mm -hmm, it provides mm -hmm. lots of vitamin c and general micronutrients that the body needs and shit yeah so it was like a metaphor for like garlic and onion if you're eating that a lot like you you'll keep the bad viruses and all this shit away because they're antiviral all this stuff but like think about garlic and vampires like there's some kind of folklore there but i like it more like nutritionally because it Mm -hmm. seems scientifically based not just uh what do you want to call it like supernatural you know but it's fun but it's fun to think about you know yeah it's like the earth trying to heal itself from where the devil like walked is basically right. like the earth's like now. <laughs> so I guess what I was saying too is like that doesn't mean like I'm the devil because I want to get a, no, a, a, a like, garlic stock on my foot. Like that's not what it means. It yeah, it's yeah. to ward it off. Yeah, or in a weird way, even though it's kind of hard to think about it like that. But there's something there. You I don't gotta know. tap the garlic. Yeah, or just a little bulb on my hand, like when I go in for a handshake or something. Even though that COVID's <laughs> like handshakes bulb. are really like not even a thing anymore in the if world, but like bump, a little garlic bulb, bump, you can still see it right there. Yeah, hell yeah! I love sitting here talking to two artists though about <laughs> art that like I don't even understand, but both Allison and Danny paint and like Danny does what like electronic stuff now. I saw like you oh, even, yeah. like know how to bring it to starting life. Starting to get digitally. digital stuff now, which yeah. is kind of funny. But I still, I'll always have a soft spot for analog you know just doing on the paper the canvas or whatever because digital is still a beast that i'm not quite ready to tame completely i still love the brushes all the paint the material itself like getting to touch and feel it and blend it all those colors myself like that's kind of like the beauty of art is the actual experience not just the final outcome you know what i mean yeah like picturing someone that would be just going trying to go straight to the digital world of doing that Would they need the precursors of actually having, like, hands-on experience with art? I feel like probably, like, you'd have to have some upbringing in, you know, this artistic way of life or something to get into the digital world of bringing things to life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their specialty or their forte, but I I think, yeah, most people are pretty well-rounded. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the digital artists that I follow, like, you scroll way back before they got their niche... They're doing stuff on paper, and a lot of them do have, like, official artistic um, experience in, like, academia as well, you know? And, like, digital is a product of the prior experience that they have drawing and doing, like, paper and everything else before moving to digital. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Art can be so fun, but it can be so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. Like that was like with Nick when I had Nick Chagoyo on the podcast. He was talking about how what's frustrating about art sometimes is that he'll 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 design something or paint something and uh maybe he'll like put it up for sale, right? Or he'll try to give it to someone and then they don't see what he sees in it, what he was going for. Mm-hmm. And he felt like that was kind of, and I told him though that in a way it's kind of beautiful because that is what art is. Is It's not always exactly what the, the original artist that created it. It wasn't always viewed the purpose that you painted it for yeah. outside of you. And like Allison would make, uh, she would say things like, uh, what was it? Oh, it was something that we talked about in the art class that I took. It was like art history or something. And it was like when the artist creates the art, is the art theirs anymore? Like, the art isn't theirs anymore. Once it's, it's created like and out there and you share it with the world, is it yours anymore? Because it's now, like, being looked at. You may have created it, but it's now being looked at from all these different points of view. Yeah, now it's the world's. Right. Kind of like the internet. Like, all these ideas now are like the internet's. Like, if you do something bad, like, the internet comes for you and shit. Like, it's the internet now. Like, you know. And then now it's a form of sharing all our art. Like, this is going through the, this podcast, going through the internet. The stuff you yeah. share on Instagram and all this stuff we do on TikTok, all this stuff. It's all being shared instantaneously. Instead of someone 200 years ago that would paint something in their cave, you know. And then they come out and they'd be like, voila. You know, and everyone like, good job, bro fucking get a job yeah but it's like it stays on that rock you know like when you post your art to instagram or facebook or wherever you show it to the world it's so easy now for people to just take a screenshot of it and print like low prints of it and then they can sell it for themselves you know it's so much easier and that like that saying is so much more telling in this day and age just because like people can bastardize your work just by taking it for themselves because they feel entitled to it. But it's like people don't understand that once it's not the artist's anymore, we're supposed to admire it and see its beauty instead of taking it away and benefiting it from yourself, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah, totally. But yeah. I mean, I personally am like, you know what? If people want to take my art, like that's their deal. To That's their burden to bear, but... Yeah. At the end of the day, they liked it, but it's still not chill. But that's the only way I have to share it, especially now, you know? Yeah. You're just walking down the street. Look at my art. I made this. <laughs> or like just standing on the corner, like after you paint something, like just made this, like, but I only like got it? a job. Like, you know, and then people just start dumping money in your bucket. That'd be tight. I mean, maybe people do that. Yeah. Better. We go to Venice Beach and stuff, and there's people painting right there. With their, oh, yeah, you know, the like, street guys and everything. Like, I guess, like, the same thing, but that's cool. And they probably have a job, too, or some shit. They're just going yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to show off right here in front of people. Not literally show off, but I'm going to show them, a, uh, like, a show. Like, I'm going to entertain people, you know? Yeah. Like, shoot, dude, even those dudes, like, in random places, like, maybe they're, like, a bum or whatever, but they're jamming on the guitar and they sound good. I've dropped dollars. Then it's like, yo, you're doing something right now. You're providing yeah. entertainment. Like, that is cool. Versus just... You know, no offense, like that classic dude that's just looking all sad and is like, ain't got no job, like, you know, and people are just giving him hella dollars and stuff, and that's tight. But, like, do something. Wear yeah. a cool t-shirt. Make a cool sign. Make it cool or funny, right? That'll get people, you know. I know it's like, <laughs> Sounds oh dumb, but, like, now I'm talking. We took art to another level. We're talking about, like, the, the homeless need now. to, like, perform. You know? like, <laughs> but, I mean, it's true. You know, like, everybody, there is, art, <laughs> art is everywhere, man. Like, yeah. you can... Wearing a cool t-shirt, like taking the creativity to like put an ensemble together or playing guitar or being a con artist is still an art. You it know? is though. You're right. It is. Being a con artist in the modern world is a massive art, yeah, especially with our politicians. It takes practice, dedication, uh, talent for it, obviously, too. I mean, technically that fills a lot of the criteria what it means to be an artist. Right. So, yeah. It's the behavior that goes along with it, not just talent. Speaking of con artists, that's what that, uh, I was watching this show documentary series thing on Netflix Mm -hmm. called Murder Among the Mormons, and uh, I'm going to totally spoil it. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, but it turned out being about forged documents. What? Like, that's why they were murdering people, murdering, Mormons murdering Mormons because But what kind of forged documents documents is what I want to know. One was the original, um like supposedly the first 
piece of literature when we became America. The mm-hmm. Oath of something, the Oath of Man or something like that. And it was forged. Really? Yeah. So basically that makes me skeptical though. Cause like if they're, that's crazy. Cause I was kind of watching FBI it with you. Like Mormons are like killing Mormons. Cause they're like, you have documents that we don't want exposed basically because it may undermine our religion or it yeah. may make people realize like there's loopholes you know, there's not, it's not a concrete foundation. Yeah. And they're mur- blowing up cars and right shit, there. though, like yeah, bombs. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were doing. Like, you know, not just like, you know, like hiring a hitman even. It was like they were bombing people's cars, you know. Yeah. I don't even want to go out there to Utah and see that shit. That was like, that's watch. scary. Oof. For sure. Yeah, I mean, man, there's a lot of, like, con in, in, in religion, which is kind of sad because a lot of people see it as, like, a beacon of hope. And then the people behind organizing it are, they turn out to be not very good people. And it's heartbreaking, you know? Because a lot yeah. of people depend on that belief system. Well, like with QAnon, like, I mean, we've talked about it on here. Like, that's a oh, big, yeah. people were given hope. They were offered, like, this is going to happen. Don't worry. We're almost to the finale. Like, kind of like, you're promised a good, happy ending. Don't worry. Just be a good soldier and hang in there, basically, yeah. kind of mentality. And everyone did. And then once too many things are like, the date comes and what it said was going to happen doesn't actually happen. Finally, people are like, man, I think I've been duped. But it, it gives them hope. It's the same thing as a cult. It's the same thing as a lot of the way that old religions emerged as kind of cult-like happenings and doings. So it's kind of the same thing we're seeing in our modern world. I just don't know if it's because of the internet everything, everything is more under the microscope now. Mm-hmm. Or if it was just... It's just it's the so way society is going now. faster. Or is it because we can always see it all the time now? Yeah. You know? Well, it's like it's hyper focalize on it and like fucking rewatch the video, like replay, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's part of it or if, if it's just because society was inevitably going to get kind of more ornery or have we always been this kind of weird and wanted to just kind of like hear from the grapevine, but not actually experience it in person type of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting because like you think about all of the things that happened to us throughout history and the saying goes that history repeats itself they're like oh no i never make that mistake again and like we have all these horrendous stories of cults that end in a guns blazing kind of thing and you look at the the things that are popping up now with qn and flat earth society and all of that stuff it's a cult and people are too deep in the forest to even see that for themselves and the fact that we have people in politics and stuff that rep QAnon openly is scary. But it also scares me because it's what else that, what else are they promoting that got them into office that also may very well be a charade. Yeah. Like people using climate change when the argument's in the air, right? Everyone says the argument's in the air, but it's kind of leaning towards climate does change inevitably across the world all the time. So why are we going to say it doesn't, right? But everyone else is using it as a platform. Like, if you put me in office, we're going to make differences. We're going to make change. But how are you going to change that in four years, mm-hmm. two years? Like, even if you implement hella shit, like, it's a long stretch right now. So then people hide behind that. But then there's other people now that have developed on the opposite end of, like, we're against climate change. It doesn't exist. It's a fucking hoax. And we're going to, we're going to instead, we're going to cut all regulation off of fucking fuel industries and our electricity industries. And then if a storm hits us, then we're just going to not have anything. Yeah. Kind of like the South. What happened? I mean, no offense. Like, it's kind of that mentality that is, it's always been lurking in the American society. I think this last couple of years, it gave them purpose um, that, like, being kind of uh, rugged and speaking you your mind and not dog. giving a fuck is normal. And, and being aggressive, saying, nope, this is freedom. People had to die for freedom. But then, so who are you saying now has to die? If you're like walking around people. saying that, yeah, like you, you literally, I mean, people are talking civil war, all this stuff, but it's all just kind of rhetoric from the news outlets. If you really pay attention to it, yeah. people echo chambering what they hear and what direction. It's just scary because when you put people in a direction, will they, will they think for themselves and not go in that direction? I feel like what we've seen over the last couple of years, people do go the direction in which they're herded no matter what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had family members that fell deep into the whole Q thing and our relationship will never be the same. 
Yeah. And, which is speaks because family, like whoa, like it gets deep like that. Yeah, like religious. Yeah, and like like a certain family members, like my aunt that baptized me, literally telling me like I'm not godly enough, mm. like it going there type of thing where it got ugly and. That sucks, because I, I, I know if that happened to me, it happened to a, a bunch of other people, for sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, broke a lot of trust, and just weird. Just a weird, uh, I don't know. I haven't considered myself religious in a long time. So it wasn't like it broke my heart or anything, but it's like, don't take it there, you know? Yeah. You know, this holier-than-thou thing, I know something you don't know, like, is so toxic, like... Yeah, that Promethean thought. That's what it's yeah. considered. It's Promethean, like where you, I, I know something you don't know that is the piece of the puzzle that you have missing in your life. And sorry, you don't know it. But and I know more than like you because you don't I'm have like, it. You know? Well, that's not very Christian-like of you. Oh, yeah. Having it turned around on them, they're like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> the mirror. Look in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's like you realize, though, it's like the people that say cruel things to your face and then you hold the mirror up to them they get very upset because they really you realize that it's just like them projecting their own insecurities onto you Mm -hmm. it's like you're really not the problem it's because they don't like themselves yeah you know and it's like once you come to that realization it's like you can't you just don't take it personal anymore you're like man i'm sorry you're so bitter but that's not my problem that's your own skeletons you got to deal with you know true what Sally says about Susie is more true about Sally than it says about Susie. True. You know? True. That classic old saying. Because it's true. I mean, and then when we see that on both sides of the spectrum, which is fucking horrifying to picture it as only two sides, but if you flip-flop from like Fox to CNN or some crazy shit like that, you start seeing similarities in their messaging, but direct differences that directly conflict. Yeah, it's you like know? they're on the same spectrum, just on the other ends. Right. And... Isn't that just the dichotomy of everything in life? If you say that you're uh, on board with something, there will be another group that forms an opposition. Like, that's always what is And the then case. the way these yeah. things work, too, is you build one belief on top of the other belief on top of the other belief. So then you can't change any of those because if one of them moves, then the whole thing's going to come toppling down. So it's like you have to keep doubling down on what can sometimes become absurd belief systems. To maintain the status quo kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, conflicting ideologies that you literally are found like typing on Facebook or something that Mm -hmm. directly conflict day to day. But you're like, but I know what I know what I'm talking about. You know, that Promethean thought. It's all it's all implied. There's no direct translation to this. Like you decide what it means, and it's like well. Anyone with a brain can see that these don't these contradict each other. Like, come on. Right. But, but then is that just that. those people's sorry way of creating art? Like making a post, thinking they're being wordy, they're being artistic with their language, and they're being oh that was clever. <laughs> that was clever. Yeah, I'm gonna post that. You know, and I think that in a way, some of these people that say kind of nasty shit a lot of the time is because they think they're being artistic and creative and like throwing it out there for those other weirdos that are like, oh yeah, that was mean. That was directly mean. That was anti-Semitic. I fucking thumbs up on that shit. Like, you know, and it's crazy because they don't even have to comment. Then it's like people get boosted thinking, yeah, because I made that fucking crazy ass comment. I'm going to keep doing it now because people like that shit, you know, and that becomes their whole persona. You know, whether it's online or not, like looking at the Proud Boys, like for an example, like I feel like that's what they did. They kind of went around saying, yeah, we're going to be security for this shit. And then after a while, they just got people calling them up saying, we need you to be security for this. We need you to be, come down here in Fresno. Like apparently they're in Fresno because they're trying to get some church. They were church. in Fresno because there's some, it's the Tower Theater, but it, the church oh. is trying to buy it. And the church did not denounce the Proud Boys being there protecting them. Right. So someone called someone up and was like, yo, we're trying to kind of have a little rally right here. We need some coverage like a security guard. But these people aren't security guards. But then it gets this mentality that other people can fucking do that, too. Right. If they could do it, why can't we do that, too? Kind of like with the wildfires where there was a lot of crews getting hired this last year that were not firefighters. Like Mm -hmm. maybe they knew a lot of skills, but they were not technically licensed and worked for the fire department or Cal Fire or anything. They were outside contractors. 
that people would say, hey, I need you to keep my property from burning down, but we're the fuck out of here. But I'm going to pay you thousands of dollars to make sure my property doesn't burn down. And they sign the paperwork and those people don't have a job, but then they come into conflict with Cal Fire and the legitimate people saying, hey, we need this place evacuated. Like yeah, it's unsafe for you here, to man. be here because we had to make the call. But they're like, no, we got hired to stay here on purpose to not let this motherfucker burn down. Like there's yeah. a job to be done. But then so do you force those people out of there? Do you bring the police and put them at gunpoint and say, now you get in the fucking car and we're going right now? Or do you let those lean. people do what they're doing and they're getting paid to do it because it was a service and they're down to fucking do it? It's a hard thing to argue against. I'm associating that with the Proud Boy thing because it's not the same thing. It seems like with the wildfire, generally, they're just trying to do good, not just do what they think is the right thing. Do protection, you know, actually help people protect their assets and shit. But it's an argument still that people say they shouldn't be out there protecting fires if they're not firemen, you know? But I feel like, hey, if, if they're good at what they do and they got equipment and they know how to do it, then you got to let them do it. They're yeah. fucking crazy dudes. They're down to do it. If they die, they know the risk they're taking. You know, they know the risk they're taking. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that you mentioned that. Well, because, like, if you turn the story around and you say the same things about the Proud Boys. Right. Because, it, like, the Proud Boys think that they're doing the right thing, but outsiders are like, dude, get out of there. Mm. And... It's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, do not let those Proud Boys be there because they're scoundrels. But when you talk about the people who are helping in the fires, it's a very mixed bag of opinions, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, they, there's still people that believe that Proud Boys deserved to be there. And there are, um, but a larger majority of people are saying, like, no, why are these guys here? Like, they're considered like a terrorist organization to many. Right. But then with the firefighting helping, like they're just trying their best. Yeah. And but it's just that they don't require the exp- they don't have the experience to do so. So we're looking out for their safety as well. Right. And so it's like, is that person's I don't know, maybe a million dollar house more valuable than the inexperienced firefighter that got paid to keep the house protected? So right. it's like which one is more important here? But most people would say a human life is more important, but also assets, them being gone, can ruin somebody else's life, and they'd be better off not living at all if they don't have that, because then they can't have a good quality of life. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like it's so com- like morality is so complex, you know. Like Especially is- in today's society. Yeah. And it's yeah. even weirder to think because we were talking about cults. So like in those times where it was more prevalent for a lot of cults or extreme religion to be the law um, instead of now how we have laws that are like above religious aspects and whatnot. You can't just say God told me to kill him. So basically when all these like religious laws were basically larger than any other law and everyone ran by like cult behaviors kind of more like you're in the in crowd or the out group type mm-hmm. of thinking only. Um does that seem very different than it is kind of now? Like, you know, it seems like it's very eerily similar or are tactics being employed by these same groups to keep people doing this? Or is this just the fate of human where they end up tribing up at a certain point because it gets too big, well, too like complex? Well, like Danny was saying, we know that history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. So whatever the conflict is going to be, whether it's a virus or natural disasters or, you know, war... We're going to find some way to turn on each other. But I guess we're just trying to not make the same mistakes over and over again, right? But we do. Right. Yeah, well, it's also, like, with intentions, too. You know, like, we end up factioning up. Like, we have our little tribes because, I mean, the world is freaking huge. We're, like, nearly 8 billion people live here now. And we have this crazy insane thing called the internet where it kind of just brings a lot of tribes together from everywhere and so then they like you were saying it just gets way too big and overwhelming and then you subdivide again because yeah. it's like duh, it's too much i can't this is way too many people to try and interact with and stay in touch or whatever it's like i need it to be more specialized and smaller because this is just too much to deal with and i think that's human nature i don't know if like cults for instance they're more like intended to be created for malice and control Mm -hmm. but then we also we also uh tribe up because that's the only way we can handle like everybody wants like life to be with like-minded individuals yeah and it's it's like i want to i think i'm open-minded but then if i think of things that i don't like and i'm okay like intent like murdering people 
Like, I'm open-minded, but I'm not open-minded to yeah, that. Yeah, like, no, killing people is not okay, but there are certain circumstances where it can be But you're open-minded enough to watch... But you're open-minded enough to watch the videos of people that almost got away with it and shit, but, like, but just to watch it, you know? But, but like, like, we do that. Do like, it. we do that as humans. Like, yeah. but we, So we, we uh, I don't want to say, like, uh, fantasize, because that's not the right word, but we, like... It's like vicariously living through that situation. Almost. We ad- acknowledge that we're watching something of like even like a horror film, like where the bad guy's gonna kill this person, and I know like the end goal is most likely he's gonna kill her, but I have to keep watching because what if she doesn't die? What if he doesn't kill her? You know, and then success, little little happy in my heart because she lived and didn't die in the movie. You You're know? all invested, right? Yeah, it's like our inherent desire to want to preserve life too, because if we feel like we're safe and comfortable and we have our needs met then that's just furthering our desire to keep on living like okay i can stay alive for this This because we need those small victories for morality to continue and what's crazy is there's morale and then there's morals and it's weird because they should kind of be the same root word but we use them differently i feel like in the modern world because we think of morals but then we also think of morale and morale usually has a prideful kind of over the top type of vibe but we all need a little morale in our lives but we have limited morals in our society at this point in the sense where no one really cares about what happens like to that dog that i just hit on the road like i didn't actually hit a dog but i'm just saying like when those things happen life goes on you know Mm -hmm. so what are we supposed to sit and ponder about all the bad things that are going on around us like when you drive past a car accident like and they're just waving you past like keep going you're going to keep going. You're not going to pull over and go, like, grab Is that person and be okay? like, are you okay, sir? Like, they're already there. They're on the scene. The person's probably maybe dead or hurt, you know? It's not your job, right? But I feel like that's how big our world is, is where we we no longer come across those things and realize, oh, man, like, we're all here. Yeah. This is all of – we each of, each person in, in the car next to you or walking around has something going on between the ears that is – Way different probably than what's going on between your ears in that moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe the closest thing could be that you're both acknowledging that we're thinking about different shit. But that's like as close as it could come to really know what people are thinking and all these different lives that are around us. So it's super complex. So I get why people go into their like groups thinking like I want to have like-minded people around me. I don't want to be around people that are totally different. But sometimes being around people that are totally different makes us more understanding that there's a wide spectrum of what a human is on the planet. You oh, know? absolutely. Oh, no, yeah. it's like empathy is a, such a huge, like, poignant part of our lives. Without empathy, like, we can't be there for people because we're communal animals, you know? Like, we have to be able – we are social. It's in our nature. Like, being alone is much more abnormal than being around other humans. Right. And community. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's like you want that diversity. It's just sometimes it does kind of feel like it goes against our nature because like we want to be with like-minded people. But the moment we get cultured about something, the moment we understand somebody that's in our out group, you no longer see them as some like dehumanized opposing counterculture. You're like, oh my gosh, like they've gone through stuff that I've gone through and vice versa. Like I understand you now. I see you. It's not like it just brings the humanity back full circle, you know? It's not just like they're in my out group. I don't recognize them. I don't want to talk to them. It's like the moment you do, you're like, wow, they've experienced so many of the same things I have. Like we're not so different. Yeah. We usually have a lot more in common with each other than we realize. Yeah. But it takes stepping in and tiptoeing in the water trying to figure out. Yeah, it's like, don't be scared. Like, just try it. Like, you never know. Like, the worst thing that happens is like, get out of my face, Neil. I don't want to talk to you. It's like, at least you tried, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I think about, like, how we're all on the same page, but yet we all, generally speaking, most people that went through the education system in the last, like, 20 years have had similar to the same type of education taught to them. Maybe there's a lot of different privileges. Maybe there's more... um, opportunity of like learning calculus when you're in high school that kind of shit you know Mm -hmm. but ultimately we all learn how to read and write and learn about historical happenings all from the similar same like textbooks and uh 
documentation of what apparently history was and what math is and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So really, we all are very similar because we 200 years ago, not everyone could even read or write, yeah. let alone speak fluent sentences, you know. So we're actually more similar than ever, but yet it stimulates further growth beyond that point, obviously. And that what's, that's what makes us more specialized, more more specific, maybe more different individually because we take that those basics and we run with them. But then how come we can't see that we're still kind of all at the basic layer? We're all going through similar things. We don't know how to manage our credit card maybe that well. <laughs> maybe we don't know how to quit a job when it's time to quit the job that you don't like anymore. We were always taught to just get that fucking job and you work that fucking job until you're fucking dead, like, you know, type yeah. of thing, usually. You sell yourself out for that, you know, instead of like, well, if it's not working for you, you know, you got to learn how to have the conversation and, you know, but nobody tells you how to do all that shit. So maybe that's why we end up thinking, we know how to do shit, we know how to read and write and do math, basic math, but then no one taught us all this other much more complex that can never really be taught without experience. Instead, I think a lot of us get frustrated with this idea of, like, adulting, like mm-hmm. you said earlier, you know. So exhausting. And then we go, oh, well, I need to be with those guys that are like, fuck all this. Fuck everything. It's it's just the man. It's them against us. Man, you're with us because it's them against us, bro. You got to be with us. You know, and then people feel included, you know. And then before you know it, it's like, we're going to bomb this building, bro. But you're in because it's them against us, right? And you're just like, fuck it, man. I'm not with them. So, you know. You just get lost in the weeds and then game over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever have... A uh, capacity to be that extremely adamant or like gung ho about an idea. Like yeah. I, I just can't bring myself to be that. I don't know, like ecstatic about one thing. Like, well, we've been all been radicalized like, though. I feel like over the last couple of years, like in- increasingly, yeah, both yeah, whatever really side or whatever you think you come from, even if you're centrist, like we've all been radicalized. If you're a centrist, you've been a radicalized centrist. Like you know, like it's impossible to escape almost because. For some reason, like with all these screens always at us and different ways to look at it, telling us how to look at it and how to think about this. And I think that it's getting to that point where everyone has no choice but to think of, think of linking up with people that they feel at least comfortable with or whatever, which is normal. Like that kind of sounds like love, but it also is like you could be in a bad situation and you feel like, I don't know. It's a lot of brainwashing going on. Yeah, I guess we're just being incredibly radicalized. Sad things. Like if you're alone and you want to be with a group of people and the group of people is doing bad shit, you might do bad shit because you don't want to be alone. And it's like, well, I want to do bad shit, but I also don't want to be alone. Yeah, so break that windshield, to Tommy. It's like, I don't, jeez, do guys, I don't know. My mom would be mad, you know? And they're like, come on, you're either with us or you're not. All right. And then he smashes that windshield. And then they're all, yeah, good job, Tommy. And then he feels the love. So you get why Tommy. people chase these things, you know? Because secretively, we all need love from each other, you know? Yeah. We do, you know? Um, just acknowledging that we're, we're all here and something's going on is actually fascinating. But we're like, but I got to go fix this or I got to go to work. I got to, you know, I got to, you know, mm-hmm. but wh- who else would do it if you didn't? So we're all filling our niches. I just wish that when we come across each other, we were more grateful for each other, filling each other's niches instead of just so in your niche to where it's like, this is my fucking niche, not your fucking niche. And I'm not even connected to you. And it's like, but to be a niche, it's all connected. We're gears turning together. Yeah. We're like all little pieces of a puzzle together. Yeah. To make a big picture. Yeah, but my piece, though, my piece knows more than your piece does. Yeah. And it's more important. Bullshit. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not. In any way you want to look at it, you could look at it like a sphere. From every direction, it's going to be the same diameter, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it's like, sit down. Like, we're all in this together. Get out. Get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it's not always about you. You know, but I, I honestly, I kind of appreciate the whole self-care movement in a way mm-hmm. where it's like teaching people pleasers to kind of just like say no when they really shouldn't be accepting like, oh, can you work late to do this certain thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no. one thing to be kind, but you, you can't let people walk all over you. Like, Because yeah. I used to think they were synonymous, the same thing, but same. they're not. Yeah. yeah. And it's like taking like pro self-respect and pro like self-dignity you know what I mean it's like yeah you don't have to be a doormat to be nice like you can be kind and have boundaries yes and especially being, in times where like the like being so electronically 
connected people are like doing a lot more mlm shit and it's getting out of control so it kind of it kind of just reminds me of that though how people get hella into that because often because they won't say no because they feel like well you know i i don't want to be left out of the group and they're the only ones saying that i have an opportunity here you know also why does every hobby have to be a a hustle i don't know know it shouldn't be and it wasn't like that that's what hobbies were right they're not money at all like I know, it's like, sometimes it just kind of blows my mind that people, like, don't get me wrong, like, it would be amazing to be a full-time artist and make a complete living off of something I adore dearly, but at the same time, like, man, I don't want this to be a job, like, this is what I did after I was working. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and just having to, like, turn everything into a profit is just toxic. Like, when when did we stop, like, enjoying just doing stuff for the sake of doing it? I feel like it's part yeah. of the American dream, though, because it's always, when we were growing up, was like, you could be anything you want to be, dream big, but then do what you like. So it's like, well, which is it? Do I want to make a lot of money or do I want to do what I like? Because if I do what I like, I'm not going to make shit money. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going to be so involved in it, I'm just going to like doing it. It's going to make me thrive, but it's not going to financially boost my seat but then when you could find the crossroads that's what everyone's telling you to look for but that crossroad is like very unique and hard to find and and if it's and if it's there it's already well traveled you Mm -hmm. know it's not a path that everyone's like that just passes by and realizes oh maybe i'll take that one day everyone's like going down that path you know it's like why do i have to have a mediocre job that i can just tolerate for eight hours a day five days a week and then go home, and I might have enough energy to do what I enjoy. Right. It's like, why is that the Normal. living? Why is li- that living the dream? Mm. Like that sounds mediocre at best. Like the MLMs where they tell you like you're gonna be all this and you get to do all this and you're Instagram famous and all this stuff, but then like people can't get off like that and they make no money and then they buy oh, yeah. the product over and over. And it's the same thing though. It's working like a nine to five job. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. And it's worse because then you're never off. No, you're, it's, it's a constant thing. Yeah. When you work for yourself, goodbye, eight-hour day, work day. Like, you are constantly having to do stuff. But that, and then that's the trade-off of the, the economic world that we live in because it's like, well, I don't want to do something and, and do all that I can to create my own dream, so I'm going to spend my time working for someone else's dream where they have me structured and boxed in here for nine hours a day, five days a week, yeah. you know, yeah. to do my things or everything, but they're going to pay me this wage. And maybe if you're, if you're lucky, you get a bonus. Maybe if we make a lot of money as a collective, so that means all your coworkers have to make that money too, because you're not going to carry the weight alone, you know. And, and don't make too promise. many waves. Don't just shut up and do your work. Yeah. And don't yeah. talk shit about me behind my back. And, you know, it's like, come on, man. These humans, we're going to, you know, you got someone calling all the shots. They're going to make a joke behind your back, even if you're hella cool. You know, because it's just the way humans are, you know, and then it's scary because it's become part of American culture and capitalist culture to just be like, you fucking hate the boss. But when he's around, yes, sir, I got you, you know, bunch of dick sucking energy, like a bunch of little sad boy or whatever, you know, but that's what you do because you kind of bow to say, I need this job because they're paying my paychecks, but they need you, uh, someone to fill that. Yeah. Someone to fill that spot just as much as. You need them to pay your bills. Yeah, you it's know? like you need to see it as a symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. instead of a power dynamic. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone tries to take something symbiotic and turn it into parasitic symbiosis, you know, I think. People yeah. tend to tend to go that way with it because, like you said, everyone needs to make money. And at the end of the day, the bills do stack. And people are like, man, I thought I'd sell like 50 paintings this month. Like, like our pottery teacher. He's like, I thought I'd sell more pottery, but COVID, man, like no one... I can't just have like a house party and show off my pottery anymore. Now I have to like put it on Etsy and put it on all this other shit and wait for someone to buy it, which is cool, but it's also like a waiting game. You know, it's no guarantee. And people like to see that guaranteed paycheck every two weeks or a month or whatever, you know, because at least it's a guarantee. And I, I, I admit that it gives you a shot at realizing, well, that's what the future is going to look like. But sometimes it's like if I think about I'm going to be working here. For another 12 years, like, it sounds like, fuck no. Like, that's a long time. It's only no, been a like, year, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know, I, it's also really cool with our generation, like, not having company loyalty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, where you just, you work at a company, you get a really decent amount of experience, but you're like, you know what, I'm over it, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to make a, make a switch. And 
so many people do that but then like generations before us are sitting at jobs for like 40 years like how do you work at the same job for 40 years like wouldn't you want to go and experience like doing other things and people get comfortable and they don't want to take the risk and yeah yeah. It also circles you in because if you're like, man, like this is my auto shop and I have to be here every day and if otherwise I have to hire employees. Yeah. And then some days they're going to call out and if they call out, I have to be here. Like, so it's like it encircles you owning your own business and I get it. But the problem with that is that why can't we make it easier for businesses to get going then? But where does that, how does that happen? Right. Yeah. You could go get your education. You could go take out hella loans and get educated on how to become a Harvard level, Harvard level business owner or something. But or it's like you you find that like uh, very rare mentor relationship that like so many people don't have the luxury of getting. And it's like, oh yeah, you might get this, which would help you the most, but the guarantee of getting it is slim and none, you know? Right. That's so rare for people to get is like mentorships and having somebody kind of like help you through it because so many people don't know how to do very, what we consider basic things in our day-to-day life. Because nobody taught them. And, like, the very small things of people, like, wisdom being passed down has become, like, such a luxury. So it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, my friend told me how to do this. I'm going to try it, and it works out in my favor. Some people don't get that. Like, they're just like, I don't know how to do my taxes, so guess I won't do them. That's kind of where we're at right now. We need to do the turbo tax <laughs> We're going to do this. Oh, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's we're so funny, though, seriously. Yeah. It's a good example. You know, when money's on the line and everything, it's just like, oh, well, I'll get around to it, you know. Man, it's hard out there. It is, though, because we have a lot of distractions and all this other stuff going on. And honestly, in a day, it's hard to even maintain yourself. And then you're expected to be somewhere else, maintaining something completely different. While you're supposed to somehow be maintaining yourself and your mentality and your self-respect and all that at the same time. It's, it's, it's a jungle, and it seems like everyone's just lost in it, you know? I we're mean, all just doing our thing. We're doing the best we can. Like, we're always right on the edge of total catastrophe, but just enough to where we're, we're still moving forward, mm-hmm. you know? So, But that gives me hope a lot of days because I realize, well, a it's been like that like since that. forever, and it's every day it's like that. So we just got to keep moving forward, yeah. you know? And I think that's where a lot of the no-mask mentality comes from because they think that we just have to move forward instead of putting precautions or having some kind of plan. It's just like it's all or nothing, you know? And now we've backed ourselves into a corner, I think, too, for those of us that always wear them because as soon as people stop wearing them, we're going to get sick with a bunch of other shit now, too, not just COVID. You I know? know. I went the whole year without getting, like, any sickness. That's good, though. I know. Good it's been so nice. Yeah. Because, like, the year before that, I got so sick, like, every few months. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is ridiculous. And then this year, I didn't get sick one bit. Or maybe it'll boost yeah. our immunity, like, being away, for, like, taking it back for a while, and then we get back into it. It's like, your I immune system's been on rest so. mode, and you fucking been boosting. Maybe well, not. When I say that, all the precautions that we've been taking, like, not being in large groups, masking, washing hands more, sanitizing, all this stuff, has helped prevent other sicknesses as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's awesome. I know. I'm like, I, all right, I've been doing this stuff for a year. I'm going to just keep that habit because it's worked out for me because getting sick sucks. It's kind of uh, scary to think about, like, actually before this, how many jobs I worked on and, like, how unsanitary the conditions were. Yeah. And yet we didn't give a fuck. And then you'd call in sick and they'd be like, no, you have to be here. And then they'd want you to come in sick and everything. Yeah. It was just, just, just yeah. disturbing Expecting conditions. Expecting you to work sick. And then now it's like... Oh, you're coughing. Take a health you, check every day. Yeah, you coughed a little too hard. Go home. But I think Bye. we should be health conscious about that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like people being able to call in and also like cleaning down registers and all this kind of stuff should happen anyways. Yes. But they like don't leave the employees touch. enough time. They tell them you're supposed to do it, but they don't actually give them like an abundance of time. Where the fuck is that going to be? They're trying to cut them out of there as, as least amount of hours as possible. Most people, you know, working yeah. at registers. The places that I've worked that I won't name during the pandemic tell us that we would have to clean the counters in the front where the customers went up but then it was more like but just make it like look like you're cleaning yeah look make it look clean like you don't really have to because for me i'm like okay the spray that we would use it says spray it on there and let it sit for 60 seconds Mm -hmm. and or 30 seconds or whatever and then you could wipe it off but like don't actually do that like just like spray it and wipe it, and then that way it's like you're looking like you're cleaning. It's like, oh. what the fuck is the mentality in that? Well, like, like with people that come in with their mask, but they have it right below their mouth and their nose and stuff. But they're just like, just in case someone tells me, then I'll put it up. But yeah. I'm generally just not gonna wear it the whole yeah. time, you know. 
Yeah. yeah. Which is okay, but it's just interesting because if we all know that something's going on and apparently that's been effective and even straight out the gate, we couldn't all get on the page with it, you know, and now here we are. It's kind of like a, to me, it sometimes feels like at a certain point, like maybe we should just all not wear them because it's becoming more of an issue now of people walking in somewhere and them not having one on and someone saying, hey, you need to put your mask on and them getting in a fucking argument or a fight over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And employees having to basically be security guards telling little kids to put their clothes on. You know, basically, like, sir, I need you to pull your mask up. You know, having to do that sucks ass. Why the fuck should someone have to do that? Yeah, because it's like, I personally am wearing a mask because I I would like to hope that it is protecting me. And also, I know it, it's the policy of the store. And it might, it's so helping many, others, perhaps, yeah. right? Yeah, like, but it's like so many people, like you were saying, they're just doing it because it's the rules. And they're not doing it because they're trying to be responsible. And that's where it's starting to, there's like a huge disconnect. It's like, well, we have to do this because we've been told to do so, not because we're trying to keep everybody safe, right. which is like bullshit. People wearing the same mask for like weeks on end. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Me too, but I wash it. I wash it. <laughs> I know, like I need to just like soak it in the yeah. like OxyClean or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, it's... But it kind of shows our humanity, though, that we... I don't think we can really handle, like, what do you do? I mean, humanity's never gone to this level of trying to uh, phase out a virus. Like, it's usually just like, well, we're fucking helpless. Yeah, that's like, like, We are the host. Do you understand? You know what I mean? Like, we are... It's inevitable, you know? And I think that us trying to think that it's not, though, is part of the problem. But I'm not sitting here saying that we need to just abandon the precautions we put in place. I don't know. But I know that for sure... That it's creating more issues now and it's becoming like this dichotomous situation where, oh, you wear a mask? <laughs> you know, I'm not fucking wearing that. Like we hear everywhere we go, literally like every time I'm in the hardware store I work at, we go to the grocery store, you see someone or someone in a fucking conflict or someone literally telling people, don't make them make you put it on, man. It's a oh muzzle, you know, or something, you know. Yeah. And it's like a joke, but it's also like a mentality like, no, I don't do that. And I kind of admire it because they're not afraid, yada, 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 oh, yes. right? But it's this carelessness. That's what they're portraying. Not not this, I'm not afraid, I have my death and this and that. It's more like, I don't give a fuck what happens to you. I don't give a fuck about you or me or your kids or your grandma. That's what they're saying. Kind of, you know. But how do we prove all this shit, you know? And it, how are we, we going to get through it? We only prove it after you know? the fact, which is crazy. You know, like, we'll never really know how COVID affected us until years later, once all that data is processed and put through. I mean, hell, you know what it's like yeah. processing yeah. that amount of data. Like, it takes freaking months, if not years, right. to get that stuff all figured out and published. Yeah, you know? it's right. crazy because it's happening. It's yeah, happening but, like, now, we are so we literally still... in the mid of, middle of it, and we won't know how this is truly affecting us right now yeah. until way later. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in for episode number 49 of the Symbiosis Now podcast. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation today. We went deep into digital art, COVID, tattoos, QAnon stuff, bunch of cult-like mentalities. We also circled out with saying, hey, we need to have a sense of community, a sense of symbiosis. Thank you, listener, for tuning in to the Symbiosis Now podcast. We'll see you next time on episode number 50. Why are we asking for reparations and change from the same system that has? I don't trust them. They deliberately put the put us in this position. Yeah. When their job is completed, they are not they are not needed anymore. They know too much.